Welcome to the Everything Works Out For Us podcast. My name is Marina, and I'm so happy that you're here to join me on this journey of embracing a growth mindset that's grounded in gratitude and self-awareness. I'm an REBT mindset life coach, actor, singer, content creator, and the bigger sister that you always wanted. And I'm ready to start turning our mental and emotional roadblocks into roadmaps. In each episode, I holistically utilize psychology, spirituality, and my own personal experiences to strive to empower you to step into your power and deeply connect to both your inner knowing and the world around you. Let's grow together. Welcome back to the pod, everyone. I wanted to start off this week's episode by saying happy Mental Health Awareness Month. So May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and this podcast, needless to say, is very focused on mental health. So if you're listening right now, I'm assuming that you feel that taking care of your mental health should be a priority. I'm just going to affirm that. And if you're taking active steps to strengthen your mental health and prioritize your well-being, I want to recognize how huge that is and congratulate you. It's not easy to prioritize our well-being. Oh my god. So you deserve to be celebrated for each and every choice you make that benefits your mental health. For me, every single day for over the past two months, I've found at least 15 minutes in my day to do a guided meditation and a quick journaling session, and it has been a non-negotiable priority in my life, and I genuinely cannot express how drastically this has changed my life. Of course, it's not just these habits, it's therapy, it's EMDR, it's exercise, etc, 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 but this episode isn't about habits, that's for another day. Anyway, even though those 15 minutes seems short enough that we can fit it in every day, no problem, I'm going to be real with you, it hasn't been easy. It's super easy to just make excuses or to skip a day or two, which then turns into skipping a week and then skipping a month and then all of a sudden it just falls to the wayside altogether and obviously I have been there too. But let this Mental Health Awareness Month be your extra motivation to stick to whatever habits that you've created that help you or to just be that gentle, loving push to start that new habit for yourself. And I'm proud of you for all of the hard work that you're doing to become the healthiest you. We've come a long way in the past few years, but I still feel that mental health is incredibly stigmatized, and I hope that I can shed some light on how we can try to actively break that stigma. So speaking of stigmas, today's episode is going to be focused on how our society views positivity and unwrapping toxic positivity culture. I'll get into what toxic positivity is versus genuine optimism and a bit of the psychology underneath our negative thought patterns and how we can work to lean into an authentic positive outlook on life without suppressing negative emotions or denying experiences that don't feel good. I'll also focus on the power of positive affirmations and how they work to benefit us on a psychological level. So let's get right into it. Let's define toxic positivity. So toxic positivity is the pressure to only display positive emotions 100% of the time and to suppress any negative emotions, feelings, reactions, or experiences. Toxic positivity invalidates human experiences and in extreme cases can lead to trauma, isolation, and unhealthy coping mechanisms. Not good. There's a pressure 
in toxic positivity culture to just be happy and have good vibes or never show that you're hurting or sad. Well, this in turn causes a less safe, less positive, less resilient environment where people feel they need to hide or feel ashamed of their true emotions. So while at its core, people who participate in toxic positivity have good intentions, it's obviously a very well-intentioned thing at its core, um, it, it actually causes the exact opposite effect of what it's trying to do, which is positive. It, it actually causes a lot of harm and negativity. Now, this may be comforting or a hard pill to swallow for some of us, but toxic positivity is a form of gaslighting. It can cause people to question their own reality and emotions or to disassociate from their negative feelings or to try and rationalize experiences that are just straight up unacceptable. So when we tell people that we should only feel happy, happy <laughs> when we tell people that we should only feel happy we need to understand that feeling negative emotions is simply a part of life and a normal human experience um so this is going to trigger shame it's going to trigger disconnection and increase stress and lower confidence and lower overall well-being so if you haven't caught on already, toxic positivity, again, while well-intentioned, is unsafe, bottom line. Now, I just wanted to quickly share this quote from Bessel A. Vanderkolk, and they said that more than anything else, being able to feel safe with other people defines mental health. Safe connections are fundamental to meaningful and satisfying lives. So now let's chat about creating a safe environment and how to battle those maybe impulses that we have to participate in toxic positivity culture. Again, it is very well intentioned. So if you're ever tempted to comfort someone by saying, well, so-and-so has it worse when they are complaining about a situation or they're distressed about something, at the end of the day, comparison is not going to help them in that moment. So I encourage you to say something more along the lines of, I can understand why you're upset and I'm sorry. At the time when they're experiencing this unsafe emotion, that friend or colleague is going to need comfort over comparison. And I just want to add something that I've been really trying to consciously incorporate in my own life and in my own personal relationships is when someone is coming to me with a problem, straight up asking them at the very top of the conversation, are you looking for comfort or solutions? This can save relationships because while everyone is well-intentioned and they don't want their loved ones to suffer, if they are genuinely looking for a solution, then maybe... That could be a time to offer up some comparisons or some, some solutions more rooted in reality or action steps they can take. But a lot of the time, people really are just looking for comfort and they just want a shoulder to cry on or someone to hug or someone to sympathize with them and understand what they're going through. And they need a safe space to process what they're going through so they can move through it. So I highly recommend starting to incorporate this in your day-to-day -day conversations with your loved ones because it helps get you both on the same page and it helps keep the expectations in check. I apologize for the construction in the back too. Thank you for being patient. 
another phrase that I think a lot of us were raised on in society is don't cry. Again, while well-intentioned, while we don't want to see our loved ones hurting and crying, the, the phrase don't cry can be very, very harmful because crying is a very natural human experience and we in fact need to cry. We need to let the emotions pass through us. So instead of telling somebody don't cry, I encourage you to say something more along the lines of, it's okay if you need to cry. I'm here for you. Let them know that you are their support system. Let the emotion pass through so they can go through the cycle to then again feel happy and whole. Lastly, if you're ever tempted to say something along the lines of, being negative never helps anything, get over it, be happy, something like that, I encourage you to take a step back and tell your loved one that it's important to let out the feelings that you're currently feeling so you can move through them and eventually be able to focus on other things. But it's hard right now, so how can I support you or how can I make things easier on you? Additionally, if your initial gut reaction is to engage in this toxic positivity culture, I am not trying to instill shame in you. There's obviously so many reasons as to why we are doing this, but it's also a chance for us to take a step back potentially learn a lesson about ourselves, dig a little bit deeper, see why it's making us so uncomfortable to witness this person's unhappiness and negativity. Maybe there's something that we have yet to process, that we have yet to heal, and to see it in another person makes us feel deeply uncomfortable. Just some food for thought. If there's anything that you get out of this episode, I want to emphasize empathy. Empathy is the ability to understand and share the feelings of one another. Genuine empathy breeds connection, and connection breeds safety. Feeling safe promotes well-being, and positive well-being promotes genuine optimism. Genuine optimism is rooted in reality. It leaves room for expressing negative and positive emotions with a focus on progress over perfection. It encourages openness and honesty, which in turn creates feelings of positivity, satisfaction, and motivation. Let me reiterate, bold 100-point font, perfection does not exist. Toxic positivity culture emphasizes perfection and the gold standard ideal is happiness, but perfection does not exist. Achieving genuine optimism is profound, really. It forces you to release resistance and truly identify, accept, and feel every emotion you're experiencing and then return to a more positive outlook. So only when we can accept and balance conflicting emotions is when we can release the tension that we create when we feel that we quote-unquote shouldn't have a negative emotion. Genuine optimism requires us to process a negative emotion so we can move through it and ultimately know and feel that there is light at the end of the tunnel. Toxic positivity, on the other hand, requires suppression And genuine optimism requires self-awareness and acceptance. 
So now that we have a deeper understanding of the difference between the two, how can we think more positively once we've allowed ourselves to feel all of our emotions, even the negative ones, and are surrounding ourselves with support and love? Positive thinking in itself is simply thinking more positively than you currently are, introducing silver linings and possibly changing perspectives or redirecting the worst of your faulty or untrue thoughts about situations. Now I want to chat about what to do when you feel that you want to make a change aside from what others expect of you and aside from both toxic positivity and genuine optimism culture. Sometimes we get in headspaces where we feel out of control of our own negative thoughts regardless of how much we process or don't process them. I know I have absolutely felt like a prisoner to my own thoughts, and if you're feeling this way, I am so sorry. When you start to feel like a prisoner of your own thoughts, especially if you have anxiety, here's some psychology behind it. Understanding for me always comforts me, so I hope that it may do the same for you. Negative thought spirals can start in the amygdala, which is the region of your brain that plays a key role in the perception of our emotions, especially fear, and it it tries to protect us and keep us alive. It stores emotional memories of past events, so if an event was distressful, it tries to keep us safe by trying to avoid that or a similar event in the future. And then when we're triggered either by something physically or triggered by our own worrying or spiraling thoughts, our fight or flight is activated, which lowers rational thinking and keeps us essentially living in fear and suffering. (laughs) Great. Thank you, brain. Our brains are trying to do the best that they can, but sometimes what they have evolutionarily learned how to do is not serving us in day-to-day life, and it can be very frustrating. So if you're looking for ways to try and stop this in its tracks, I'm going to give you some tips. It's a gradual process that takes a lot of patience with yourself and a lot of hard work, but no matter how exhausting it can be at times, I am living proof, for what it's worth, that it's possible to slowly teach your brain to change the patterns in which it perceives situations, thereby changing the amount of negative emotions you feel on a daily basis and allowing you to feel more freedom. Sadly, you can't go from zero to a hundred even as much as we want to. If your constant thought pattern and core belief, for example, is one that you are unworthy, It's unlikely that if you just start telling yourself that you're the most badass goddess to walk the earth, that your brain will actually believe it immediately. Um, I know I spoke about this in the last episode, and I love being a little bit delusional, but if you're going to make a realistic, long-lasting change, start with baby steps. It's a process, like I said. So start with stuff you can actually believe and lead up to the desired thought. So these tips are rooted in rational emotive behavioral therapy. So I want to give an example of an affirmation train. So if we're starting with the initial negative core belief, I am unworthy, 
an affirmation train that we can hop onto is starting with the affirmation, I matter to a few people. And I very much hope that that is something that is rooted in reality for you. But again, this is something that you make very personal and wherever you want to start, you start where you need to. This is just an example. So you move from I matter to a few people and once that feels very comfortable for you to say and you feel ready to move on, then you can transition that affirmation to I have done important things in the past. Once that becomes very comfortable and very natural and you genuinely wholeheartedly believe it on a day-to-day basis and it's completely ingrained in your being, you can move on to I make a difference to others. And again, once that becomes very comfortable and very believable, you can move on to, I matter, I am worthy, and I am deserving of love. So this train follows the pattern of starting small, starting with something that is believable until you move up to the new core belief that you want to, um, that you want to embody. When consistently practiced affirmations do become habituated so that is exciting it's really exciting I know that it feels like a constant battle a lot of the time to fight our brains and to have to constantly rewire our thoughts and it's like why am I thinking all these negative things about myself why am I why is my brain saying these things about myself that I would never say to anybody else well it's our job to rewire those thoughts and to change those patterns and it is possible again it's just a lot of work but it does become habituated these thoughts do become habituated when we practice them enough so obviously the first step then is to become aware of your negative thoughts take control over them and don't let them just happen to you when you notice a negative thought happen redirect it and replace it with an empowering thought. So here's one random example of a thought replacement. So if your initial gut thought is, he probably won't text me back because no one ever chooses me and I'm unlovable. Um, You know, that's, that's kind of deep. It may be something just like he won't text me back because no one ever does. Uh, You might have to do some digging to kind of understand why that thought is presenting itself and in which case it goes to that unworthiness wound. But as soon as you notice yourself thinking a thought like that, immediately redirect it to something like, I have so much to offer. And even if he doesn't choose me, that's okay because it has nothing to do with me. I choose me and my approval of myself is what matters most. So... I'm telling you, it's it will feel like a battle with yourself to experience a thought and to absolutely refuse to let yourself think it any longer. But even though it's exhausting, it eventually becomes habitual to start thinking the positive thought that you want to think. Another example is if you're in a situation and, and you hear yourself think, I'm stupid immediately change it and say, I'm a hard worker and I'm capable of increasing any skill that I work on. 
If you do this regularly, when negative thoughts are triggered, you help the positive affirmations become ingrained into your automatic memory. And so once they are habituated, then you believe them. And how freaking exciting is that? Once the painful work is done, once you put in the work of redirecting your negative or unwanted thoughts every time you think them, it does become habitual to start thinking the positive ones. And that is what I can speak on for myself. And it's worth it. The bottom line is it's worth it. I do want to reiterate again though that my intention with this advice is for people who are ready to take the next step. This advice is not intended for when a bad experience happens in your life and you feel overwhelmed with negative emotions. Uh, This is not an avoidance strategy. I want to make that abundantly clear. If something bad happens in your life, please process the emotions you are allowed to feel them and to feel upset. This is for when you want to battle your negative thought spirals and patterns that repeatedly show up and cause you distress on a day-to-day basis. When you are ready to change that bad habit into a good one, that's when we bring these affirmations in. You don't bring the affirmations in when some event or distressing situation happens and you immediately want to shut down and avoid feeling the feelings. That's not the time for these affirmations. So now that that is made clear, let me just chat a little bit about four tips for creating affirmations for yourself. Again, this is from the REBT standard. It's the four P's. So the first one is make the affirmations personal. You're going to want your affirmations to be in I statements. So like I was saying before, I am a hard worker. I am capable of increasing the skills that I work on. I attract and accept abundance. I am releasing what no longer serves me, etc. The second P is passion. You want to have emotion behind the affirmations. If you're not feeling anything when you're saying the affirmation, it's most likely going to take a lot longer for it to work. It's the emotions that fuel it and what makes it powerful. The more passionate that you are about this affirmation becoming true, the faster it's going to happen for you. The third P is present tense. So make sure your affirmations are in the present tense as opposed to saying things like, I will be loved Um, You know, we want to make sure that we are affirming it now in the present and that's how we get our brains to fully believe it in the present. So I am loved as opposed to I will be loved. Like we're not waiting for that day anymore. We're going to be loved today. I am loved today. And when we repeat that again and again, our brain catches on. Now the last P is positive statements. And by that I mean avoiding the word not or don't. So for example, as opposed to saying something like, I am not stupid, use I am wise or I am smart, I am intelligent. Use that positive word because those positive words hold more power and more strength. Like I am wise. Damn, that sounds good. So to start wrapping things up, let's circle back around to the beginning, which was our conversation surrounding toxic positivity. 
we can fight toxic positivity by leading with love and showing genuine empathy to people experiencing negativity in their lives and maybe even harder for some of us showing empathy to ourselves but it it is empathy that breeds connection and that connection that breeds healing and i just want to reiterate it is okay to hurt it is okay to feel pain i give you permission the world gives you permission uh well i guess it's the goal for the world to give you permission but once you've accepted the pain and frustration and hurt and sadness it's okay to find a silver lining and to start returning to positivity again we can't be positive all the time just like we can't be negative all the time it's a part of the human experience to feel every emotion on the spectrum but we have to be there for one another we have to support one another we have to accept our own feelings so we can accept the fact that others must move through their feelings as well and i just want to add that it's okay to set boundaries if someone is not ready to move through their own negativity spiral we can't force them to do that and if we offer up our empathy and support and it's rejected and their negativity then becomes harmful to you and hinders your progress you can choose to step away toxic positivity and toxic negativity are both less than ideal but again it's through empathy that we can help ourselves and help others through emotions which we are built to feel (laughs) i encourage you to stay open-hearted to utilize affirmations that really resonate with you and to start sculpting a positive mindset by giving your brain the foundational belief that progress is more important than perfection and happiness stems from empathy. So thank you so much for joining me this week, everyone. Again, if you enjoyed this episode, please go ahead and give it a positive rating. It really helps me out a lot. If you have any comments or suggestions on how I can improve or topics that you'd like me to discuss moving forward, feel free to shoot me an email at everythingworksoutforuspodcast at gmail.com. I would love to start incorporating your feedback into the show and, and to make this a collaborative process. I hope that you all have a loving and intentional week this week, and I will see you next episode.